Negotiator, General Kenobi, we've been waiting for you. Excuse me. That wasn't much of a rescue. You're welcome. And <coughs> Anakin Skywalker, I was expecting someone with your reputation to be a little older. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. Jedi scum. We have a job to do, Anakin. Try not to upset him. <coughs> Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable. And join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the very exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 462. Fine additions to our collection. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Watto to my General Grievous, we have Carl LeClaire. What a duo that would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. In some weird way, I feel like they would figure out a way to be friends. I, I don't know. I don't think General Grievous is capable of having friends at this point. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. He's he's not a um, he's not known for his uh, uh, kind, soft and squishy center. Yeah. Well, neither is Waddle. <laughs> well, he, yeah. Oh my goodness, so. uh, Jason, I missed you the last week. Um, you had something come up, and uh, luckily, I mean, I, I I I wanted to do something about the new Batman movie again, and then it was kind of perfect timing with the fact that I just finished my Rebels rewatch. Um, mm -hmm. so it was fun getting to record about that, but man, I miss you. I, I miss doing stuff with you. And we, we put this on the, the calendar a couple of weeks ago, just as something fun and light to do. Yeah. We'd been doing so many like heavy episodes in a row there that we were like, let's just do something fun. And it's like, what's more fun than talking about stuff from our collection? Um, yes. and, and while neither one of us describe ourselves as star Wars collectors, like capital C, <laughs> um, I think, mm -hmm. you know, mo most star Wars fans have some level of collection, whether that's five items or 500 items, right? Like, uh, we fall in that camp and, uh, we thought it'd be fun to look back and, just talk about some of our favorite items that we had when we were growing up and then some of our more n recent favorite items. So uh, so that's what we're going to kind of just dive into, just talking some of our personal Star Wars collection items and uh, what they meant to us and what they mean to us now. Uh, I love conversations like this, Jason. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, as you were saying, there were some, some heavy episodes. We were doing a lot of you know, research and, you know, making sure we were all on top of, of our, our, uh, notes and wanting to, you know, you know, have everything prepared, uh, just so, uh, for some of these episodes. And it was, you know, it's a lot of work, especially when you're working. Uh, but yeah, this time it was just like, 
uh, we, we need some fun. We need something easy, something fun. And you ask any Star Wars fan about an item in their collection, and they can go without any prompting whatsoever. <laughs> it's, you know, what's the favorite item in your collection? Oh, it's this, because blah, 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 blah. Here's all the stories involved in this thing. You know, that's sort of we're going to do a little bit of that tonight, <laughs> <laughs> which is always, which is always a good time. Uh, two quick things I want to hit on though, before we, we dive into these collections of ours, Jason, uh, first and foremost, it, it kind of just hit me out of the blue. I've, I've since the, this is madness tournaments wrapped. Um, I'm kind of stepping away from Twitter for a while. Um, and no, no shade on, on heavy Twitter users at all. It's just, it's not a space that I regularly love to be in. Um, so that said, like I've only been logging on usually like once a day and I didn't even realize that our beloved Riley Blenton of the Star Wars report recorded his final episode uh, yesterday. So I, I listened today while I was making dinner. Uh, I was really impressed with what Riley had to say. Um, it, just a beautiful send off to, I mean, 500 episodes, 11 years. I think Riley, other than, you know, the folks at Rebel Force Radio, I don't know that there's anybody who's been doing Star Wars podcasting longer than Riley. Um, yeah. And uh, you just, you funny know, you, you, it's funny you mentioned that because I listened to it also today. I, <laughs> it came across my podcatcher and I was like, oh, it's the last one. I got to, I got to tune in. And Riley was eloquent as always. Uh, it was very touching, uh, and I'm going to miss having his voice as a regular contributor to the Star Wars podcasting. So, yes, I think I think Riley really does represent an era of podcasting that was, you know, I, I think this is always easy to say because you know Jason, you and I aren't long after Riley, um, in, mm-hmm. in so far as how long we've been we've been at it, um, but. Uh, you know, those early days where everything was just kind of there was a purity to it that um, yeah. it's it's not to be, to bemoan what it's become or that to say that it's now somehow worse. It's just different, which he highlights mm-hmm. a lot in that final episode. Um, I think there are things that are better than they were 10 years ago, and I think there are things that are more problematic than there were 10 years ago. Um, but be that as it may, I, I really respect Riley for kind of just consistently presenting star Wars fun for over a decade and for 500 plus episodes. I mean, uh, hats off to him. And and if it weren't for him, we wouldn't, you know, we would have had a harder time getting our footing 10 years ago. So, uh, yeah, uh, Riley has been absolutely in our corner from day one. I mean, literally up to two months ago, he was still helping me with some techie stuff because <laughs> I'm so bad at it. <laughs> and then, and Riley's always so gracious to help. Uh, so he's, he's been such a, he's been such a force for good in the fandom and uh uh like you said jason uh, he's going to be missed yeah well we're going to miss him uh hopefully we'll we'll see him at some of these conventions in the future still cuz i'd love to to just see his face again you know but um as conventions start back up uh but you know i it's it's just such an interesting thing when your peers start quote unquote retiring, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and you're like, Oh wow. We really have been at this a long time. And of course, Riley's been at it longer and uh, he's always strove for a level of excellence that 
uh, was, you know, you know, above and beyond, uh, you know, his abilities. He was always striving to be better than he was, uh, and he kept doing that year after year. So uh, hats off to Riley. We'll miss you, buddy. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again in person someday soon. Yes, I, I hope so. Although I know he's leaving for Korea soon. <laughs> so Yeah, there's there uh, is that. So you know, the it, military has a has a way of right. sending you far corners yeah. of the globe. Yeah. Um, I, I think when you get back, Riley. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was just I think what it really impressed me the most is he just he dug into what Star Wars has meant to him and what what this turning chapter. I mean, he he threw in so many great uh, elements of the prequels, you know, as as a child of the prequel era himself to just kind of equate this part of his journey with the story of Star Wars, I think was just absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was great. If if you're whether you're a longtime listener of our show or whether you're relatively new, you're not familiar with Star Wars Report, maybe maybe check out Riley's little send off. It was, it was really, really well done. I was really impressed. Yeah. Very uh, touching. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, Jason, we are one month away from a milestone. Mm-hmm. Attack of the clones. Anniversary is coming up. 20, 20 years. years. Of one of the best Star Wars movies in this podcast's opinion um, is, of course, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, May of 2002. Ugh. So, Jason, the entire month of May is going to be Attack of the Clones month here in the Wampus Lair. The last few years we've been doing musical mayhem. Uh, so we're going to take a step away from that this year to give nothing but love to episode two attack of the clones. So if you are an attack of the clones fan, definitely be sure to, uh, to check us out in the month of May as we love all over this beloved prequel. Yes. Yeah. And, and if you're like, wait, you call attack of the clones, a beloved prequel movie, just come by the month of May and find out (laughs) why we think that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We will spend four straight weeks explaining why we think it is a phenomenal Star Wars story. My second favorite Star Wars movie behind Return of the Jedi. It's, it's honestly, it's a, I was talking to some friends today. It's a, it's like a tie for my third. It's tied with Phantom Menace. So it's depending on the day. It's either just below Phantom Menace or tied with Phantom Menace. I can't put it above it, but it's either tied or just below Phantom Menace for my third or fourth favorite. That's fair. That's fair. I love that movie. But yeah, (laughs) we're going to have a ton of fun with Attack of the Clones in May. So please come by, stick around, share all the love for Attack of the Clones as it celebrates its 20th anniversary this year uh, by checking us out. Yeah. And let everybody else know that we're doing that too. So heck Yes. Um, so, Jason. Yes, Carl. I want to talk about some fine additions in our collections. Um, mm, and yes. Let's go back to yesteryear because where better mm. to start than, than the prequels of our fandom, <laughs> the, the, the before <laughs> times. Um, and we just we thought it'd be fun to just pick three. You know, Star Wars is good at doing things in threes. So we're going to do things in threes tonight. Um, 
and uh, picking three items from from our early days and three items from our more r- recent days of Star Wars. Uh, Jason, I, I would love to hear what one of your most beloved Star Wars items from your collection was in the early days. Oh, man. Well, I got to start with the OG favorite here. Um, this, you know, it's a simple, simple little figure. Um with three stubby legs, a trash can-like body, and a head that rotates in a circle. Um, yeah, I'm talking about my three and three-quarter inch R2-D2 action figure. Uh, of course, it's one of my favorites because R2 is my favorite character in Star Wars. Um, but this action figure, particularly the um, the one that came out, say it was... Is that Power of the the Jedi line that was like right after Phantom Menace. Yep. That was power the of the green Jedi. Cards. Yeah. Yep, that was power of the, yeah, Jedi. power of the Jedi line. There, there was a, an R2 that came in that line that, um, it was a simple R2 with the rotating head. And that one has come with me on every convention to every convention. Every time I've gone out to California with Carl, um, <laughs> you know, this, this, he comes with me on every vacation, whether it's Star Wars themed or not. He just comes with me everywhere. And so, uh, it was one of those things. He still does, by the way, but that started way back then. My favorite action figure. And it's, you know, still in great condition, actually. I'm looking at him like, I've taken good care of this. I'm proud of myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, you know, just having my, you know, R2 at my side, you know, wherever I went was, uh, was just one of those things. There he is, Carl. I know. I, I, I he does look quite pristine, Jason. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, uh, the thing that's so convenient about a three and three quarter inch R2 as well is like, he is easy to take anywhere because you can literally throw oh, him yeah. in your pocket. <laughs> And you don't have any accessories that you might lose or anything like that. Super easy and convenient to just take wherever you go. He like he lives in my backpack when I go to convention, just in one of the pockets. It's like, yep, he's just right there. I just know I've got him, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, similar to you, my the first item that always comes to mind for me when I think of my Star Wars collection um, is my Han and Stormtrooper disguise Kellogg's Fruit Loops send away item from the 1995 Power of the Force line? Uh, that nice. was the first. I take that back. I always say it was my first Star Wars item I owned. That's not true. I always forget about my Bendems. I did have the Bendems first, uh, those beautifully articulated <laughs> rubber figures. <laughs> Those beautifully awful things. Oh, my God. I, I love them, and I will always love them because they were my first Star Wars stuff. Um, but, Fair. yes, they, 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 they don't hold up the same. But, yeah, the, mm-hmm. that three and three-quarter inch Han and Stormtrooper disguise was just so darn awesome to me. Um, I just uh, – it, it was it was, you know, kind of that early experience of – something that's become a staple in a Star Wars fans experience, which is what we would simply call excited anticipation. (laughs) Mm, Uh, I think those days were more drawn out back then just because the world was slower. Um, 
as Amazon Prime didn't exist in 1995. <laughs> I couldn't get it 24 hours later, right? That was right. that that send away item. You sent in your proofs of purchase. I think it was like five dollars for the shipping, and then you were told to wait eight to 12 weeks. I was I want to say and. And yet that didn't stop me every day uh, coming home from school, running to the mailbox, even though it was a day after I sent the stuff in (laughs) and and just that excitement waiting for it. And then once it came, just kind of similar to you, Jason, like it was just with me everywhere. It was in my backpack. It was I like he was just so much cooler than my Bendem figures. Um, Mm -hmm. And the power of the force line, you know, from 95 had just launched. But he was the first thing I had, and I couldn't wait to, like, start filling out that collection. Um, but, yeah, it was just by far my my favorite figure for so much of my early fandom. Every time I played with my Star Wars toys, Han Solo had a reason to go into a Stormtrooper outfit. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. We found yeah. a way to work that into the plot that day. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you did, you know, and sometimes it was just he decided to be fashionable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, and I will say, like, for that for the earlier figures that were still like, right, the five points of articulation, the way his arms are bent, though, he actually could hold a stormtrooper blaster and essentially look like he was holding it two handed as opposed to one handed like everybody else. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Just I've, the extra bit of sculpting. On that figure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so what What else? What? What's another item from your early days of your collection? Well, it's funny because I, I've actually been able to pull it back out and have it sitting here at the desk. Um, it's the uh, Micro Machine. This is from the era of the special edition. Uh, the Micro Machine X-Wing. That's, uh, that's the action fleet. To be precise. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that was, it was made by Mike, but yes, Mm. um, the action fleet size, but this one came with the, this is the wedge Antilles battle damage one, uh, that came with the Yavin four play set. Um, it was the, this big play set that, you know, folded out and you had the front of the Masasi temple where you could, you know, set up all your turrets and, you know, things to, hold off the empire. And then on the backside, it was all the command centers and the hangar that you could, you know, and the actual hangar door would flip open and you could like pull the X-wing through on a little, you know, slider um, out the hangar into the front of the Masasi temple. Um, but yeah, the, the wedge Antilles X-wing, I would fly this all over the place. I'd take him, you know, on death star runs through the kitchen <laughs> up and over the pots and pans, uh, you know, annoying the crap out of my mother uh, while she was trying to cook, um, you know, every time I wanted to to you know do a space battle, this was the ship I grabbed. So especially in those early days uh, when I didn't have a lot of the larger ships that I got later on, uh, but it was just a, just an easy thing to to grab and play, and uh, I, I still love it. I, I don't know why the my brother I gave my brother the Luke Skywalker one. Um, in order to make sure that I had the wedge in, please, uh, battle damage one, um, for myself, uh, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, but now I have both cause he doesn't care about his, you know, he doesn't need his collection anymore. So I got all of his stuff. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's, 
that was one of those things that I played with a lot. Every time I wanted to do space, grab that X. It's right here, sitting on my desk right now. That's uh, that's so cool. I I loved the action fleet too. They were such a great size because the micro machines were obviously quite small. Um, yeah. But the action fleet, they weren't quite a three and three quarter inch vehicle. Ooh, look at that wedge. He's so cute. Um, it, right, and it <laughs> so even came tiny. With, it came with like those little figures. Um, yeah, the, I I loved the action fleet. I actually I don't know if that I to this day I only own one. I own the slave one. Um, and I think in the early days, I don't even know if I I think that was the only one I did have. But I always loved them, and my cousins had a bunch of them, and I always loved the X wings and. Because they were, they were kind of the perfect size to run around the house with, you know? Um, yes. I mean, they're, what is that? Probably like four and a half inches long, give or take. Um, yeah, give or, um, yeah. Like maybe five. About, actually, five, five, yeah, about five, five inches long from uh, nose to engine. Yeah. Uh, the wings open, right. the landing gear folds down, and the cockpit opens, and there's a slot for your little, you know, R2 unit. Uh, but yeah, super simple, great size though. Um, like you said, and you know, probably about, you know, double the triple the size that the micro machines or the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the hot wheels, uh, yep. ships that we get now. Yep. So, uh, that was really nice. And I've got yeah. a few of them. I wish I had more, but I don't, you know, yeah, they they're hard to find nowadays. <laughs> they are. I mean, I'm sure you can find them on eBay, no problem. But uh, yeah, they are the they're just like they were just perfect size. They didn't last long either. I think they had like maybe one run of them, and that was kind of it. Uh, but the the yeah. detail of them also was quite exquisite. Um, yeah, yeah. They they oh gosh, those were just so darn fun to play with. And again, I never. I mean, I had one, but I loved playing with my cousins. So. <laughs> Yeah, they were the perfect yeah. size. So that, um, that's my my second one. What about you? What's what's uh, another one from your past? Well, similar to you, I'm going to go the vehicle route, and uh, uh, but a little bit bigger. It's the the power of the force lined Millennium Falcon vehicle slash playset, uh, which of course was just a, a repainted model of the one from the 70s and 80s that Kenner did. Um, but I, I mean. You know, I've said this time and time again over the years on the show. Han Solo is my favorite, always was my favorite, and the Millennium Falcon has always been and will always be my favorite ship in Star Wars. Um, so I needed that vehicle right away. And when it came out, it was the most expensive vehicle at the time. Uh, I think the the AT-AT Walker, which came out in, I want to say, 98, um, 97 or 98, was a little more expensive than the Falcon, and I never had the AT-AT as a result. Um, I think I got it for Christmas. I could be wrong. Um, but, uh, oh my goodness, Jason, I loved that toy so much. Um, and, and unlike the, you know, what you were just talking about with those, those action fleets, which were super easy to run around the house with the Falcon wasn't as easy and right. It's kind of big. It's a little bulky. Um, and, uh, I remember in the, the, the advertisement for it, they always had that central landing gear, like, Oh, hold it like a handle. But it always felt weird. I always held it on both sides. <laughs> um, it was, I, I never had a tie fighter. <laughs> um, so I didn't really have anything for it to have dog fights with. So more mm-hmm. often than not, it just kind of became, 
a central element of, again, like how I play with the toys. Um, you know, it was, it was something that they had to defend or it was something they were racing to, to fly off. Right. Um, but it was, right. I would always build these elaborate little spaceports with our like blocks and linking logs that the, that the Falcon would be housed in and either they either had to fight their way there or like I said, like kind of defend it. Um, and it was, yeah, it just kind of became this central piece of, again, the, the stories I was telling in my imagination. Um, and uh, I know I've told this over, uh, over the years on the show, but right. The fact that it came with the, this, the hidden smuggling compartment, that mm. became uh, very special to me. Uh, I remember in fifth grade when I had my first girlfriend of, you know, as one does in, as when you're f- fifth grade. Um, but we would write each other little love notes and I would take every love note she gave me and I would put it in the <laughs> the uh, smuggling hold of the Falcon because it was it was secret. It was that was just for me. So I would put it there. Um, and as even as I grew up, like in high school and you know, like I, I thought it'd be, you know, it was cool to like have a cigarette. So I would like get a cigarette from someone at school and I bring it home and put it in my Millennium Falcon. Like <laughs> it's just because like it was something I wasn't supposed to have. So I put it there. Um, right. But, uh, you You're know, smuggling it in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of became like this, this, this little hiding place for me, even, even as like a teenager. Um, but yeah, I mean, more than anything, I mean, just so many memories of that thing just being a central piece to the, to those star Wars stories I was writing in my imagination. Um, and so many of the ways that, that, that I would finish playing with my toys for the day, it would be like, okay, we made it out. We're blasting off in the Falcon. <laughs> um, nice. so yeah, that was, that was definitely, uh, super, super special. And again, because it was expensive, I, um, you know, it, 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 it even as a kid, like you, you cherished it more because you understood how valuable it was. And I don't mean valuable yeah. in like the sense of like, oh, I'm going to make a ton of money off this someday. But like valuable in the sense of like uh, that wasn't something I, that would have taken me months with my little allowance to save up for. But because it was a Christmas present, I could then mm-hmm. focus on just getting action figures to surround it <laughs> as opposed to, right. uh, you know, having to save for months on end. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just, it, there was something so special about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, the last one, uh, I want to bring up from back in the day, uh, is, and I don't have it with right. Now, um, well at my desk, uh, everything else I've had, I've been able to show Carl so far, uh, <laughs> for those of you wondering, um, but I don't have this one right now. It's, it's out in the garage. Um, is the uh, the lightsaber, the Qui-Gon Jinn uh, lightsaber from Hasbro that they mm. came out with that, you know, for Phantom Menace. Uh, you know, and these are these big things with the lightsaber hilts that are probably at least double or triple the size of the ones in the movies. Um, but it has the button that has the lights and sound. You flick the saber to make the, the blade extend out, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, I like the, the Qui-Gon, um, saber is my favorite of the, any of the sabers I had, um, of the, that series, because it was a green blade, which is of course my favorite. And it was the most comfortable hilt for me to Mm. hold, um, at the time, because a lot of them were, really bulky and the Anakin 
and Obi-Wan and uh, like old Obi-Wan and Darth Vader lightsabers always had that, you know, big mm. ignition housing right in the middle of it. And it was just super awkward for me, especially as a younger kid uh, with smaller hands. I'm just like, I don't know how to handle this. Um, but the Qui-Gon uh, one was super easy to, to, to wield for me in that respect. So that's the one I used all the time. Even if I, you know, wasn't being Qui-Gon Jinn, I always had to have the green lightsaber. Use that one. Um, and every time I was, you know, out playing big Star Wars, as we call it here on the podcast, uh, that was my weapon of choice. That or the uh, the bright orange uh, Han Solo DL-44 blast. Um <laughs> which I almost put on my list. So that gives a little <laughs> shout out here. Um, both of which I still have both of those things. I still have. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that lightsaber uh, definitely deserves a place on my list uh, here. So I played so much with those lightsabers. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. When those, when those Phantom Menace sabers came out, um, I remember CVS did like their own versions of them and they were much cheaper. The, th- the hilts were much fatter. Um, and the reason for that was because you could actually put the whole blade in it, right? The Hasbro ones, you always had a little bit of blade sticking out, mm-hmm. but the downside to the CVS one was the plastic of the blade was so, so thin. So yeah. they got busted up fast. And I, re- I remember because my cousins bought the has my one cousin bought the Hasbro Qui Gon and the, my my other cousin bought the Hasbro Darth Maul, and I had the Obi Wan one from Phantom Menace, but the CVS version. And I was like, well, what's cool about mine is like you can put it all the way into the hilt, so I can carry the hilt around. And then we started playing with them, and like within two minutes, like my whole thing was busted. Like the blade was out of the handle; it was banged up all over the floor because the the plastic was just so thin and cheap. Um, whereas yeah. those ones were, were pretty good and yeah, no, it's so, oh, yeah, no, you, you, um, <laughs> the, the, the plastic on the Hasbro ones was nice and thick because it was designed to, you know, be, you know, to, to be fought with, you know, right. against other, yeah other lightsabers. But if you were, weren't careful and you got your, your Ooh. friend or your brothers, your cousin's fingers, that hurt like nothing else <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how many times you had your your fingers bruised yeah but uh my bro- that was the biggest cause of fights between my brother and i at that time was no oh, you hit my finger <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness yeah they were uh man th- but yeah those those plastic the plastic of the hasbro ones were great and and i know uh, well it's been a long time but I, I one of my fondest memories was um so my cousin ended up buying the Obi-Wan Hasbro one and he let me borrow that one since mine had sucked. <laughs> um, and we <laughs> we reenacted the duel of the fates in my my aunt's uh, living room and we broke a lamp like right away because <laughs> uh, the Darth Maul one is just so big. Uh, and of course, we no, are not, we are not skilled saber duelists. Uh, so we we uh, wrecked havoc on a lamp inadvertently. Um, but yeah, I love those. And I will say shout out to, to my buddy, Greg, Greg gave me his Qui-Gon Hasbro lightsaber, uh, 
I think like a year or two ago because he was cleaning some stuff out of his collection. And I was like, I know you've always wanted this and you never had it. So here you go. And I was like, you're amazing, Greg. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I have it in my collection now, but I never had it when it came out. So uh, thanks to Greg for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, we, we love Greg here. We sure do. <laughs> Uh, well, Greg, Greg, unlike us, Jason, Greg is a collector, capital C, you know, he's, he's, he's very, he's very good at the hunt. Yeah. He loves the hunt. <laughs> um, he's a regular col- collector in every sense of the word. Um, and he has such a robust collection. I, I love when I get to see it in person. It's, it's just so, so darn cool. And he's so gracious with it. He's so willing to offload something to you that he doesn't want anymore or, uh, he's just got so much cool stuff. I love, I love when he's just like, Hey, come check out fill in the blank. Cause it's, it, it's literally like a mini version of Rancho Obi-Wan what he's got. It's awesome. So <laughs> yeah, I, whenever, whenever he's on the show and I, I, you know, I see in his basement there, uh, through the webcam, you know, he's just got the walls lined action gear, yeah. Yeah. bookcases full of stuff. And I'm like, None of my stuff is that nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, same here, same here. But that's okay. Like, it's it's not a competition, Indeed. and that's what like uh, I, I I don't think in any way is it a way of Greg trying to lord over anything. He's so gracious with it. It's 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 the way in which he expresses his fandom, and he's he's so anxious to share it with folks, and that's what I think is so great about it. Um, yeah. So, but uh, so m- my last item on my list is uh, the THX boxed version of the original trilogy from, I believe, 1995, um, because it was two years before the special editions came out. It was the box set where you had Vader's helmet on A New Hope, the Stormtrooper helmet for Empire, and then Yoda's face for Return of the Jedi. Um, And uh, got that the Christmas of 95. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I forgot to look at the date of when it came out, but I'm almost positive it was 95. And I remember the marketing campaign for it was very adamant, owned the definitive original collection for the last time, right? And it was the first time I got the THX treatment and, and all the digital upgrades in that regard. Um, and uh, every year at Christmas time, our parents would always give us a family gift to me and my brothers on Christmas Eve. And that year was the year they gave us the the original trilogy collection, which I never owned the movies before that. And to be fair, I'd only been a star Wars fan for about a year. Um, but I didn't have the movies. So that first year I could only watch them at my cousins off their Betamax tapes or, uh, if they were on TV. So when we opened it, and again, that was when I first saw a new hope. Uh, it, it looks like I was right. Was I right, Jason? I think you looked it up. Yes. 1995. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I remember opening that up and just being like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. I mean, like it was so growing up, we had a, a family Bible that our grandparents gave us. It was like, even though we never used it as a family, like it was still like always given this place of honor in the living room. This was my, my personal family Bible. <laughs> like this was, <laughs> this was my sacred text. And I was so excited. And again, I, I, I know I've told the story, but since it was given to me and my two brothers, uh, I wanted full ownership, so I traded my younger brother something that year from my Christmas stash. I was like, I'll give you this for your share of the Star Wars movies. He's like, sure. And my older brother, because he was a good older brother, was just like, you can have it, Carl. Don't worry. You don't have to give me anything. <laughs> so I had full ownership <laughs> of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just I like I loved those movies so much. I mean, I wore 
those tapes out. Um, I, I mean, I, I was watching them every weekend for years until I mean, really, until the special editions came out and then those became the ones that went into the rotation. But for those two years, I watched those movies, specifically Empire and Jedi every weekend for probably two straight years. Um, and I remember uh, whatever grade I was when I was in 95. So I was about 10. I don't know what grade that is, which is awful because I work with kids. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I want to say like fourth or fifth grade. Um, but uh, I do remember we had to write like a poem about our most prized possession. And I wrote a poem about the original trilogy box set. I wish I still had that poem. If I asked my mom, she might. Um, but uh, I just remember writing a poem about why it was my most prized possession. And I wrote something in there about like if there was ever a fire in my house and I could only save one thing, this would be it. Not my dog, not my brother's. My Star Wars original trilogy <laughs> box set was the one thing oh, I, I, mean, I had to take your, with your me. Your dog and your brothers will get out on their right, own. Right? Yeah, they got know. legs. Um, so, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was. I mean, again, it was as much as the toys were our our way of playing in the world. I mean, to have the movies, um, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and I'm sure so many of you listening right now, if, if you're in Jason and my age range or, or older for that matter, you get it. You you lived through those those long periods of time where we didn't have the the instant gratification that's available to us today. I mean, literally anytime we want to watch a Star Wars movie, we can pull it up on our phone, our computer, our TV. Um, yeah, almost instantly. Right. So uh, there was something special about the physicality of having those tapes. You had to have the TV. You had to slide it in, right? It, it took so much of your attention, and it was just, ugh. Just, that was my, that was my most prized possession for for a long time. Were Were you uh, the type to uh, rewind after every viewing, or did you rewind when you put the tape in? Oh, I rewound after I finished every time because I didn't want to have to wait when I wanted to watch again. Good, good man, yeah. good man. Be, <laughs> come on, Jason. Be kind. Rewind. They were on every blockbuster sticker. <laughs> it, it really was. <laughs> and there's a whole segment of our audience going. It's a blockbuster. Yeah. Well, uh, Jason, I feel like the people that rewound when they s- would put it back in again are probably the same people that put milk in a bowl and then their cereal in. Like, what the hell's up with that? <laughs> Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Yeah. And they probably like pulp in their orange juice too. Like what the hell? (laughs) Oh, anyway. So so fast. So let's fast forward a bit to kind of our more modern fandom. And and it's it's funny because like I almost wish that we had split this up in threes because I I do feel like especially, you know, we're both in our 30s. I almost do feel like at this point my fandom has been kind of like three ten year chunks, you know, like the, those those early days, kind of the the high school, early college days. But I, I'll admit, and I don't know if you're in the same boat, Jason, but much of like later high school into early college, I didn't really buy Star Wars stuff. It just I still liked Star Wars, but because I kind of was you know more shy and quiet about my fandom really until college. Um, it, I just wasn't as into things as I had been in the early days. So it was a little bit more quiet in my collecting days. Um, I don't know if that's true for you. Um, not necessarily. Cause you know, I, I think, um, I, I managed to keep finding different things that I wanted. It's slow. It's, 
had slower periods, but it's never really like stopped ever. Mm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, definitely like, you know, getting into college, I didn't have as much disposable income. So it slowed then. Um, but you know, yeah, so maybe similar, but not quite. Sure. Sure. Um, but that being said, uh, when we came to the more modern stuff, I, I had to really, in order to narrow it down, because you're right, there are kind of like, you know, different periods, you know, I've enjoyed something in my collection has been uh, you know, a big favorite of mine, but, you know, maybe just a couple of years ago, uh, rather than right now, I decided to just go with things that I'm really enjoying, right? These are my favorites, right? Um, and it could change tomorrow with some of, you know, um, if there's something else that I find or if, you know, my focus shift. Uh, but right now, these are the favorite things in my collection. Uh, first um, is the three and three quarter scale uh, Star Fighter. Oh, baby. I love that, that you. P.S. Everyone, I know because, again, this is an audio podcast, but Jason is basically playing show and tell tonight, and it's making me so friggin' happy. <laughs> He's, he, <laughs> he brought all his toys that he's talking about, y'all, and I wish you could see it. <laughs> well, here's the thing, is all of these these favorites that I've had, like the to- toy-wise, are all still like easily accessible to me right now, which is part <laughs> of why I think they're still my favorites, because That's a great I can point. see them all the time. Um, but this is the three and three quarter inch, uh, Naboo Starfighter. It's the, the newer version. I forget what line that, um, that was came out six years ago, something like that. Um, I think the saga collection, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just know it was the blue and white box and I wanted it. Um, so, (laughs) but I think part of why it is a treasured item in my collection is because I hunted for this thing. For about three years, you know, Carl, you you know the story of this because, it, like, it was at least two or three celebrations that we mm-hmm. went to that I was like, "Help me find this." Mm-hmm. And then one year, I finally found it, and uh, that was thrilling. So, um, yeah, and it's a great it's a great design. I, I love the fact that the you know cockpit slides rather than just flips up, you know, and there's an entire compartment for your droid rather than just having an r2 head sitting on the top that that rotates so it's really cool it's a really great looking piece super sleek but it is the hunt and like i said it took me two or three years get this thing of actively searching for it um occasionally i'd i'd find it online but it was usually overpriced for me at the time so I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Uh, but going to conventions or comic book shops, I'd always see if I could locate it. And one year, I finally got it. And that was just super exciting and thrilling. So uh, it's still got a nice prominent spot in my <laughs> collection right now because I, I, I have it. It is mine. <laughs> and I think I, w- I was with you when you got it, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It was. Uh, 
was it Celebration Orlando? I think it was. Yep. It was because it wasn't Chicago, but it was definitely. So no. it was Orlando prior to that. Yeah. 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 So Celebration Orlando. Uh, what was that? 20. I think 2017. 17. Yeah. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was exciting. I, I'm. Uh, very happy. Um, <laughs> and it's really great because I got to share that with you. You yeah. know, it was – I think I've been looking for it like ever since uh, – maybe not Celebration 6, but Celebration Anaheim for sure. Yep. I was looking for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was just a really exciting thing to get to share with you because you'd seen the journey. Yes, so. I, yes and, I, and I saw I saw its full – saw its culmination with the joy on your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And it's still here. Yes. And I'm still beaming. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Naboo Starfighter is just so freaking cool, man. It's awesome. And and I do love that. I mean, I've never owned one, which I, what what is my problem? Um, but that is such a cool feature, Jason. Like the fact that it is the, the, the cockpit uh, slides forward as opposed to, I mean, so many, right, in, in those times just kind of popped up for convenience sake. But it was cool that it had that mm-hmm. film accurate sliding forward i i I don't know which i don't know which one the trigger is wait nope here it is uh it's an automatic pilot (laughs) try and override it (laughs) oh what a delight oh Uh, so delightful all right what about you what's your first uh modern collector yeah uh, collector the, the, the first thing that comes to mind, and it's early days of, of modern collecting, I guess, but I would I always say that this was like my first adult Star Wars item, and that makes it sound like it's a, you know, 18 plus. It's not. Um, but, um, it was – you correct me because I'm probably going to say the name wrong. Kodobu, Kodobukaya? Is that how you say it? Kodobukaya or Kodobukia? I could never okay. – I, I don't know. I don't collect Okay, them. so I'm, I'm butchering that name, whatever it is, but – I'm going to say Kotobukaya, uh, but the Kotobukaya Yoda um, of him sitting on a tree stump on Dagobah, kind of pointing at you. Um, super screen accurate. It's It stands probably about five and a half inches tall. Um, and I bought it my senior year of college, my of undergrad. And there was a, a, a new comic book store that opened my senior year right down the road from my college called Cloud City Comics. Um, which, you know, was perfect. The only, the only problem is Jason, it was called cloud city comics, but you know what they didn't have in there? Anything star Wars related? No, lots of star Wars stuff, but it's cloud city. Where's the torture rack? It wasn't there. WT. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's in the, the back room. Probably. Where you're not allowed. Damn. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, I, it no longer exists. I don't think it. I don't think it existed very long, unfortunately. Um, but one of my my best friend from college, uh, he was really good friends with the owner, so uh, he gave me like twenty percent off uh, the Kodokai Yoda, and it, it kind of represented. I, I'm always a big fan of, and this is probably why I have no money. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan of like celebrating milestones. Personally, like if I accomplish something that I'm proud of, I like to just like reward myself. <laughs> I know that sounds really, <laughs> really vain, but like I was graduating college and I was really proud. I mean, I, I did very well. I was I was set and bound for a really good grad program. So I wanted to celebrate that. And 
I, I had fallen in love with Star Wars in a whole new way my last couple of years of college. I mean, I, my first year of college, Revenge of the Sith came out. Um, I had a, my first real girlfriend that year who celebrated my love of Star Wars. I found friends that loved Star Wars. And I was also like cultivating uh, my intellectual mind. I mean, I was a religious studies student. I, I focused a lot of studies on, on Eastern religions, which bled into Star Wars a lot. Um, so Star Wars became kind of this intellectual pursuit for me in those years as well. So this was this item of Yoda was like the perfect encapsulation of the fact that like I was growing into like an adult. I was growing into someone who saw Star Wars not as just something to play, but also as something that can teach life lessons. Um, and to me, I, I, and I've always thought this, Yoda is the greatest teacher in Star Wars. So if if I was going to pursue a, a continued career in, in education, I wanted to be like Yoda. And I had to have that piece. And as you know, Jason, Dagobah is the one place I would love to go in Star Wars, much to your chagrin. Um, <laughs> you told me you wouldn't go with me, which bums me out, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll come, but I'll sit there on the ship just looking at the mud with dust. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, when I got that item, I was just so excited. And then when I, you know, a few months later, I moved to Boston to start grad school, had my first ever apartment. And that became the central piece of my living room for the next several years. Uh, Because I was just, it was a way for me as a, I mean, yes, I was young. I mean, it was early 20s, but a way for me to like broadcast to every visitor I had in my home that I was a Star Wars fan. And I was a Star (laughs) Wars fan who really loved the intricacy of the story. And I wanted to tell you about it. (laughs) And I wanted to tell you about why it was so important. Um, And probably some people were like, I don't want to hear this, but too bad. You're in my house. Um, (laughs) um, uh, Yeah. So it was my Code of Akai Yoda. And it's still the central piece of my, I have like a little Jedi shrine in my star wars room a corner of my star wars room and he is the centerpiece of it if you will so uh, i i love my code yoda it's a beautiful statue so it really is yeah um but uh, what, what's what's your next item jason my next item and this is uh a newer thing much much newer. um i only got it a couple weeks ago but it's mm. uh it's an important thing because it's something i'm involved with and i'm doing uh, it is the rule book for the Star Wars Edge of Empire role playing game. Ooh, <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, I, I have the rule book, which cost myself a pretty penny because it's, you know, a freaking tabletop playing book. Um, and uh, I've been recently invited by a friend of the show, Kyle Baca, to join his group to play uh, a game for the Star Wars role playing friend so uh we just had our first session uh last week and that was really exciting um i'm very excited i've been playing uh dungeons and dragons for almost three years now it's a new system so i'm learning it. it's a little bit different than dungeons and dragons but i'm having a ton of fun um so that's you know getting into the role-playing game aspect it's another way for me to play big Star Wars mm. without having to pull out all of my, you know, my lightsabers and blasters. Not that I wouldn't do that anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a, a different way to do it uh, 
now that I'm in my 30s, you know, is to, to have this, uh, you know, way to play Star Wars now. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. So, uh, that's a big deal for me. Uh, so yeah, my, my rule book for the Star Wars role playing game. Love it. My, uh, did, uh, and I know you've, you've met him because he, he came over when you were visiting, but my, my, my other good friend, Ben, Ben is super into the Star Wars RPG. He's, and to be fair, Jason, I was playing briefly with a group of friends. Greg was part of that group. The Star Wars RPG. I just, I just can't get into RPG gaming. It's just not for me. Um, it, it I don't know why it doesn't really matter. It's just not my thing, but they, uh, they Ben still does something with an online group. Like he runs things for his kids a lot. Like it's awesome. I love how much they get into it. Um, it's just not for me. So that's so I love that you're getting into it because it does seem right up your alley. I mean, you're an actor. Come on. Like this is, you get to play oh, a yeah. part, you know? So that's so cool. Oh yeah, I, definitely. I feel so. like I would join a Star Wars uh, LARPing club though. Like I wouldn't mind running around outside with a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can that's get down. Fair. I feel like I can get down for that. Uh that that's totally fair. That that's more activity based whereas, you know, a a role playing game is more uh, uh you know, sometimes drama story based. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I I could totally see you larping Star Wars too at some point. I'd yeah. probably join you too. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think you'd you love know. it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I considered LARPing at one point, but I just at the time I was considering it, I didn't have anything to like, you know, LARP with. And by the time I thought I might, I was I had moved away. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, what about you? What's your what's your second uh, modern? collectible yeah so uh i'm cheating here a bit because i'm making it a collection of something but it's my star wars vinyl collection um the vinyl records Ooh, nice. um, you know uh, i i love star wars music i we both do jason um and uh, i several several years ago again one of the again can't help i don't know i just feel like whenever i talk star wars collections i can't help but talk about greg um because he's the collector that's nearest and dearest to my heart um but in the early days of our friendship he gave me an empire strikes back lp vinyl record he's like oh you know my i think his brother-in-law gave it to him and he's like i I don't have a record player and you know you're you're a star wars music guy and it's empire like here please take it and i was like well i don't have a record player he's like oh just keep it for your collection i was like oh thank you and I remember when he gave it to me, uh, I had a I had a partner at the time and I said to her, I was like, hey, I really got to get a record player now. And she was like, well, for one record, that's a waste of money. And I'm like, well, I'll get more, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I didn't for years. And then when we split up, I was like, you know what? The first thing I'm going to do to deal with my heartbreak is buy a record player. <laughs> and, yes, and I there did. You go. And, uh, and oh, my goodness, that that Empire Strikes Back vinyl Greg gave me. I mean, it got so much love. And then I eventually just started buying the other soundtracks on vinyl because I love Star Wars music so, so much. And um, I love having them on vinyl. Um, there's, yes, there's, there is definitely a convenience to just throwing them up on Spotify or my playlist or on my iTunes. I have them everywhere. I mean, I have every piece of music digitally that I probably could possibly find. Um, but I love, and, and this is more of a comment about just, 
the way of listening to music than it is specifically Star Wars. But the thing I love about records that I've come to love about records is the intentionality of sitting down and listening to the whole thing. Um, again, cause like it's easy to, th- and I do this all the time, right? I throw Spotify on in the background all the time when I'm doing work or at the gym or whatever, fill in the blank. Um, but it's always background noise. But whenever I put on a record, I just feel like I'm tuned in in a different way. And something I've noticed specifically with the Star Wars records is I become again, more intentional about the way I listen to Star Wars music. And I'm noticing, um, and I don't know if it's just because of the, the intricate sound quality of a vinyl record, but there have been pieces of Star Wars music that I have notations I have never heard before I had them on record. Um, and it's just like, it's like I fell in love with them in a whole new way. So I just, I love that part of my collection. Sad to say the only Star Wars vinyl record I don't own is Revenge of the Sith. I have every other movie that's come out on vinyl except for Revenge of the Sith. If you are listening and you know a way I can find it for under a hundred bucks, please let me know. Cause they are out there, <laughs> but they're pretty darn expensive. Um, but if you know of anything, this is me using my, my platform to plug selfishly, but if you know of anything, let me know. It's the only one I don't have. I'd love to complete the collection. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't destroy me that I don't have it. Um, but again, would love to have it. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got uh, I will say the, the definitely there is a, a, you know, a truth to the intentionality of a record because you do have to, yeah, you got to turn it, it over. over. Yeah. You know, and it's only like, you know. Yeah, it's only like 15 to 20 minutes of music on one side. Exactly. And so you have to flip it over and then change the record to get the rest of it. And it it is an intentional, um, you know, a more intentional listening experience. I, my mom has a record player that she has stuff with. And, of course, when I was visiting you in Boston, we listened to a couple of Star yeah. Wars records. And it definitely was a lot more because you were, you know, you had to keep an ear out for when it hit the end because otherwise, you know. That way you could, you know, switch it over. So you were listening more attentively. Right. You know, even if you were doing something, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's my, that's my next one. That's great. Great Uh, one. Yeah. Well, what's your last one? Again, and when I say last one, I mean, just for, for the sake of this conversation. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, The, the last one I'm going to mention, it's a little trinket. Trinket I picked up at a convention. Um, let's see. Maybe five, six years ago. Uh, and I have a set. And I gave Carl a set. Uh, it is the solo dice um, that were custom made by a Star Wars artist named Spencer Brinkerhoff III. Uh, it, it is a custom set because it's got his little logo on one of the sides of the dice. Um, but they're like solid, like metal uh, dice. And the reason why they're my favorite right now um, is because I now have that set of dice hanging on the uh, rear view mirror of my brand new uh, car that I got just yesterday. <laughs> so as of the day time of recording, I got a. I now have a new car. I no longer have a, a, a hand me down Buick from grandparents. Love you, Grandpa. Thank you for that. But I'm so glad to have something not a Buick. 
um, now and newer and it looks great. It's a Honda element. That's nice and orange. I'm thinking about calling it rogue two. Um, but I haven't fully decided yet, but I have initiated it by hanging the dice on the mirror in the car. And that's sort of just like a nice little, you know, icing on the cake of something that I've been working for, for a while. Um, finally passed and it's it's kind of just all come together this week and and that little trinket has right now become just a big part of my collection at the moment because of just where i am in life and what's going on right now so that's that's a huge thing to me right now and uh, i i texted carl a picture of it um <laughs> just you know probably about 15 minutes before we sat down to record um, I, I was working and I was like, I, I looked over and I saw them sitting on my dresser, you know, this afternoon. I was like, that needs to be in my car right now. <laughs> I stopped what I was doing and I put it in my car. So, um, yeah, I, it was, it was a great, great little moment. I'm so thrilled, uh, about all of that. So sometimes, sometimes things become your favorite because of circumstances uh involved you know that you're involved in and stuff like that so i've got a lot of other great things i could have mentioned but right now today that's kind of the most important thing to me right now just you know because uh it's such a big nice momentous occasion that's just cherry on top yeah yeah well, that's perfect because I, I pulled an audible. I had something different written down, but as I was sitting down, I was like, wait a minute, how could I not mention these? And it is the set of Han Solo dice that you gave me on our first trip to California. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I had bought a pair from Etsy uh, that were, they were fine, but the ones you gave me are just, they're so hefty. They're so well made. Um, mm-hmm. And uh we uh so it's there there's such a again as a han solo fan uh i never really cared about the dice that much until solo came out um they became right. extra special because of the movie solo um but kind of like you said more of it, uh, the sake of the story behind them when we uh when we went to california that first time we were we rented a car for just a day to drive up to rancho obi-wan from san francisco was we were getting mm-hmm. into the car, you're like, "Hey, I got you these as a present," and I and we immediately threw them on the the, the wind the yeah. uh, rearview mirror of that car, and I just I mean we took some really cool photos of those dice hanging as we were driving across the Golden Gate Bridge and uh, yeah. you know just the excitement of that and yeah like I mean they're still in my car to this day and I've I've had two cars since you've given them to me and every car I get every time my lease is up they're gonna go right back into the, whatever car I go with next. Um, and you know, in a similar way to the, to the Yoda statue being a central part of my home, granted, I have a whole room of star Wars stuff now, but, um, when you get in my car, if, if you know, star Wars, you know, immediately what those are. And if you don't know star Wars, you're gonna be like, Oh, what are those? And then I get to tell you, (laughs) um, so yeah, I, I just love those Han Solo dice. Um, and because of the fact that you gave them to me, Jason, like it's, it's pretty special when your co-pilot slash co-host 
gives you the Han Solo <laughs> dice. So those are super special to me. And like I said, I mean, I, I, I had a, a neat pair from Etsy, but these these were something special and they will always be special as a result. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to end my list, too. It was really nice uh, when I went to, to visit Carl uh, last year in Boston. Uh, he picked me up at the airport and I sat down in the passenger seat and the dice <laughs> hanging right there above me. So <laughs> I was like, yep, I remember those. So, yeah, there's been some fun memories attached yeah. to those dice. And uh, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of why we like collection um, and mm-hmm. things like that, because, you know, it's not so much always about the items, right? But it's about the memories associated. Um, you know, there's some really cool things I could have mentioned. You know, I've got the you know voice activated R two D two that rolls around and does different things. I've got you know uh, master replicas, a couple of master replicas sabers that I've collected over the years. There's some. Uh, there's the vault versions of like the Jedi path and ripple dossiers that I have that are super cool, but I just don't have the memories associated with some of those really like big ticket items that I have in my collection. And it's, you know, little things like the bait, the most basic of R2D2 action <laughs> figures or like a little set of dice that are hanging on my, my rear view mirror that are some of the most important things in my collection. Really funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's such a good point. It's, and, and again, I, like we were kind of saying at the top of the show, again, neither one of us identify as star Wars collectors, capital C. Um, Mm -hmm. but we are both fortunate enough to have the means to have some level of a collection. Um, and you know, like it's, it's, and I think this is true for you and I both Jason is that from the, from when we were kids as star Wars fans to today, um, I mean, I, I loved enjoying Star Wars with my cousins as a kid, and they were completionists. They wanted to have every figure that came out. And in 95 with the Power of the Force line, you could, just like you could with the Vintage line, right? Now now it's almost impossible, I would imagine. Um, oh, yeah. Be that as it may, right? Like, my cousins wanted to have it all to have it all. Not Again, not in like a selfish, like, I must have everything, but just they wanted to have it all. I only only ever wanted the things to continue telling my story, the way to continue playing star Wars, the way I wanted to play it. And even to this day, like I, I, especially now I'm trying to be smarter with rather than just getting things because it's like, Oh yeah, I I want this, but rather like, what are the items that are going to tell a story? What are the items that are going to tell my star Wars story? And that's something that was a piece of advice. uh, Steve stance, Steve Sansweet shared with me when we first went to Rancho, I asked him, Uh you know, um, what is your advice to, to those of us who are kind of minor league collectors that have smaller collections, you know, what's your advice on how to display things and what to get? And he said to me, he was like, you know, I would, I always say, tell your story with star Wars. What are, what is the elements of star Wars that make you come alive? that you express yourself through. Those are the things you should focus your energy and your treasury on and, and, and display them proudly. And that's just like uh, how I continue to try to collect star Wars is these are the things that kind of uh, make up my star Wars stories to this day, if you will. Yeah, definitely. And I, I can 100% confirm that, wisdom from steve sansweet i was there when carl asked the question <laughs> uh and i was there for the answer too so i didn't after 
you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a what a day that uh, was. That uh, was an amazing that was, day. That was an amazing day. I can't wait to get back to Rancho at some point. They just started doing in person tours again, so we'll have to try to schedule uh, another one maybe next summer, Jason. Um, well, we'll 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 make it we'll happen. Talk. Yes, we will talk. <laughs> um, but uh, th- I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, any all any and all of you listening, you know, I would love to hear about some of your favorite collection items that you have, whether it was something you had when you were a kid, something today, both and, um, you know, send us a picture, you know, shout it out on, on our social media or something. We'll share it and uh, would love to see these things. I'm going to try to take a quick photo of some of the items I mentioned later today or something, or put it up this weekend. But, um, you know, I encourage you to, to, to tell us, I, I always love to hear what other items folks get real excited about. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I'll, I'll try and send Carl a picture of the stuff I talked about. Yeah. I mean, it's all right there. You played show and tell for the last hour, buddy. <laughs> I, I did. I did. You know, um, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get the lightsaber, I'll get the dice, and I'll put it all in a nice big, you know, setup, and I'll send it to you, Carl. We'll, we'll get it out there for everyone to we'll, see. We'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. And I'll do the same thing. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. And, Carl, if people want to, uh, you know, as you said, share any of the stuff, where can they do that? Sure. We're on Twitter at Wampas Lair. We're also on Instagram at The Wampas Lair. You can always email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Anything else you want to put out there before we close down this episode? Just thanks for the show and tell tonight, Jason. It was a great time. I love doing show and tell. All right. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number... 462 a fine addition to our collections we hope this episode is a fine addition to your collection uh and until next time for carl i'm jason we'll see you here in the wampa's lair 